Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to a special, special, very special uh, Friday slash Saturday uh, RB1 colon fantasy football podcast brought to you by FakeGeeks.com. I am, of course, your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Just Clark Barnes. Just Clark Barnes, how was your uh, your Thanksgiving? It was fantastic. Went down to Houston to visit some family. I'm back in the lovely confines of Austin marvelous. and really enjoying it. Marvelous, marvelous. Um, just- now... It was great. It was great. My brother and his girlfriend hosted uh, hosted a Thanksgiving, and we went just in Somerville outside of Boston. So we went there and had a glorious time with uh, it was my my family and and her family and uh, cousins and aunts and whole nine yards. Uh, a very fantastic time. Now, wonderful. I was I was going to, and we're uh, we're pulling back the the you know the piano sheet that covers the piano <laughs> um I, we were going to record a wednesday night podcast well we were gonna do a usual wednesday night podcast and we were going to then do uh, of course talking uh about previewing the third thanksgiving games blah 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 so but i wanted to i was going to throw this upon you clark while during that doing that podcast but instead i'll still throw it on you anyways um for the mailbag, this week's mailbag, I got a question. Someone had power ranked the best Thanksgiving sides. And so I was going to ask you what your three favorite Thanksgiving sides are. All right. So I think we've got to go in no particular order. Yam casserole with the marshmallows on top. And then uh, we do a nice broccoli cheese casserole that I really like. And... Um, Good mashed potatoes are hard to beat, so a little boring, but I'm going to go with those three as my favorite not sides. Bad. Not bad. I'm a little shocked that there's no uh, no stuffing on that list. I love all Thanksgiving food outside of cranberries, so that's a very tough question Wait, you for don't me like to answer. cranberry sauce? No, because that's the little secret about cranberry sauce is it's disgusting. Clark, oh my goodness. This is going to – this. I mean, we can still be friends and we can still do this podcast together, but ah, okay. it's going to be tough now. It's going to be tough. All right, we'll get through it. By week 14, <laughs> you won't even remember this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it'll be all water under the bridge. Uh, my three – I mean, since somebody know what we're asking. I have green beans, but you got to have – because you have to have some mild health thrown into there uh, to make you feel good about yourself and to counteract the inevitable mac and cheese and turkey and all that you eat. Um but the, my favorite kind of green beans are the ones that are like cooked in with bacon in like bacon fat. So yeah, of course, how healthy they are is kind of still up in the air. But still, green is green, and that equals healthy. Uh, and my other two above that, I would say I would say gravy because just by itself is amazing, and you can put it on everything. That's the beauty <laughs> of it. That's great. My second favorite side is gravy. Pete, I like <laughs> where your head's at. And stuffing. Stuffing's number one for me. You can't you can't pass up stuffing. Well, since we're recapping the episode that never was, uh, listeners 
got bailed out. Uh, some of my can't miss starters. Number two was Alfred Morris. Uh, oh. Number one was Vernon Davis. Can't you can't not start those guys? And yeah, they so fifty two percent right. Uh, but yeah, actual football was played, so that was a beautiful transition of Clark sharing of his uh, football knowledge and and skills and intellect. Uh, so let's tackle let's tackle the three games that were played Thanksgiving. Just briefly doing a little recap and talking about uh, the pluses and minuses. The first game we had was the Minnesota Vikings against the Detroit Lions, which the Vikings were victorious. Uh, Clark, who did you have any winners and losers from this game? Because I certainly had a loser. So the the winner is just man Minnesota in general. They are yeah. really dominating this score 30 to 23 i don't know it, it it didn't feel that close detroit stuck around but minnesota really looked dominant again this week uh the loser i have is jarek mckinnon owners so he's been hot at the beginning of the year and is sort of fading back as minnesota starts to dominate some of these games and latavius murray comes on and does what latavius murray does he's a big, strong dude that hits the hole hard, and that's translated into a couple of touchdowns. Um, another winner is is Case Keenum owners that picked him up, no doubt, in desperation off the waiver wire, and he is just absolutely killing it. Uh, fun game for Minnesota and a, a nice start to the day for Turkey Day. Pete, anything? Yeah. I had, I mean, obviously on the Detroit side, winner Marvin Jones had a fantastic game going over 100 yards, two touchdowns, was clearly Stafford's favorite target and and performed admirably. Um, this is just a loser in the whole r- world of things. When will Detroit ever have a decent rushing attack? It's a very good question. It's something that we always think will happen. We always think that this could be the year that Amir Abdullah recently, most recently, uh, would, will break out and finally give us something in the fantasy world. But shocking, uh, Detroit just doesn't, can't for whatever reason, seem to establish any kind of running game or, or have a decent rushing attack or have a decent running back back there. So I don't know really what they're going to do, uh, um, but they need to do something there. I, that's a, just just a, a loser of life is, is the fact that Detroit just has not, not been able to. There's a crazy fact that I saw on, on the interwebs on Twitter that was basically like uh, Matt Stafford hasn't had a hundred yard. The Lions haven't had a hundred yard rusher in three years, maybe in a game, like a hundred yard rushing back in a game in three years. Maybe I might be crazy, but something around those lines. And it's just preposterous. It's just like, how, how have you not been able to at least stumble upon accidentally a hundred yard rusher in a game? Yeah. I mean, that sounds right. I can't fathom Amir Abdullah not eventually getting the work. So he's been somebody that I've been drafting for the past couple of years, you know, you know, later in drafts, fifth, sixth round. So right. I end up with him on my team and I just look at him on my bench and have hard decisions on Sunday. And every time I sit him, I seem to feel like I've made the right call. Yeah. That is, there's only one game where he kind of like made you regret not starting him, but you know, I'm okay with that because everyone has one good game and much better to have missed that one good game, I guess, than start him for five weeks and get five bad games. Yeah. A little preview of who do I start later Uh, for the Wednesday pod? I had, I'm sitting Abdullah for Dion Lewis, so we'll see that's, if I end up right on that one. That's the way to do it. That's I'm almost certain that that's going to be the right move. Uh, let's move on to probably the biggest surprise of Thursday. Well, I shouldn't even say probably. Definitely the biggest surprise Thursday. Uh, I forget that there's only three games, and the other two were pretty much played out as we thought they would. Uh, 
the Chargers upsetting Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Uh, Dak Prescott, again, just not looking great. And uh, is is it time to start kind of getting worried and time to time to kind of freak out? Yeah, I I mean, I feel like Dak Prescott is a good young quarterback, obviously, to go out on a limb. It is baffling to me <laughs> that he's looked so poorly lately and looked bad against not a great Chargers defense. I mean, now yeah. Bosa and Ingram are absolute monsters and they're playing well. They got good corners, but I, I thought Dallas would be able to do enough to keep it close. We go into halftime three to nothing. And then the final score is 28 to six. And that's what it looks like. Keenan Allen. I know we said this last week. Keenan Allen is back. Oh my God. God. Finally. I have a lot of Keenan Allen and it, and it looked like the old Keenan Allen, Philip rivers uh, matchups where occasionally rivers was immediately looking towards the tight end or that you knew the play was designed to go to the running back, but on almost every other play, Allen was the first read and Allen was the late read, uh, the desperation read when he wasn't the first guy He's getting tons of receptions. He looks like his old self. We've seen some wide receivers, uh, have the ACL injury and then take a little while to get back. And I know it's just a couple of games. I don't want to get too excited, but he looks back. He's never been the fastest guy or the quickest guy. He just has the combination that's really hard for people to, to cover. And then with Phillip rivers, he can get you 14 catches a game. And we've seen that for a couple of weeks. So if the chargers make a run, it's going to be on the back of Keenan Allen and a little guy named Austin Eckler. who's actually, yeah, a nice find in the passing game out of the out of the backfield. Yeah, he's filling the Darren Sproles role that they've missed ever since they got rid of Darren. Well, the Danny Woodhead role that they needed when they got you know they've always had that receiving back, and now and now they finally found it in Austin Eckler after Danny Woodhead and after Darren Sproles. Uh Keenan Allen, man, this is I had said this last year. Then he, of course, he tore his ACL in the very first game last year. But Keenan Allen is someone who I think if he has a full healthy season, he's easily a wide receiver, top five wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, just given the amount of workload that he sees in that offense and and just his skill. Like you were saying, he's not the fastest guy, but he's just an exceptional route runner uh, and can just always get separation and get open and make those catches. He's either bigger than you or quicker right. than you. It's right. one of those two. Yeah, and, he's, and he does a great job of utilizing it. No, he's... It's been great to see him finally click. Uh, and my fiance has been furious because the last two games he's been on her bench. And so she, for the first time this season, he's finally creating uh posting fantasy worthy numbers. And she's like, God dang it. Always on the bench. Um, and of course now I'm sure she'll start him this week, this coming weekend. He will uh, not do anything. So, yeah, no, he's going to continue to dominate. Cause I, no, I think so too. Playoffs. Um, for Dallas. I mean, we'll just quickly done Dallas. Like, I guess Ezekiel Elliott was the only thing that made his offense work. And he just like, as soon as you lost him, all of the powers that made Dallas, you know, like an, their offense and a worthwhile threat is just gone. So there you go. <laughs> it's baffling. I, I mean, I, I'm a well-known Cowboys hater and I uh, got to go watch this game with my brother-in-law, who is absolutely the biggest Cowboys fan that I know. One of those people that their day will be ruined if their team perfect. has a bad day. And it was Thanksgiving. Oh, so I was, not rooting hard against them because I, you know, want there to be peace amongst the family gathering. Right. Boy, it's big of you. Terrible. They looked they they just looked really yeah. bad. We turned the game on like halfway through this third quarter, I think, and immediately watched Dak Prescott get intercepted. And you're just like, oh, Dak, 
Ooh, this is the guy who people were all very quick to be like, oh, it's the new Tom Brady, the guy who comes to replace the injured uh, season veteran. Just in story-wise, not in skill-wise. Um, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, so trouble in Dallas. Uh, let's move to the final game Thursday, which was the team from Washington against the New York Giants, and it went exactly as everyone expected. The team from Washington won. Kirk Cousins looked good. Threw two touchdowns, 242 yards. Uh, Samaje Pirine has gotten opportunities. This is the second, you know, second game where he's been the starting back, and he's gotten over 20 carries in both of them, over 100 yards in both of them. He is someone if he's available on waivers, and you're needing a, a running back two or even a flex option if you need help at that position. I would 100% go get him. Uh, Jamison Crowder just busted out in the biggest of ways for 141 yards and a touchdown. For me, the not a loser for this game, but uh, looking back at my notes, like you were saying, Clark, about how you were saying Alfred Morris is someone who was going to be exceptional this turkey day. Uh, I had thought this was going to be Josh, Josh Doxon's breakout game. I wrote about Josh Doxon on fake teams. I used to go read that. Um, and I thought for sure that against a very banged up and bad giant secondary – that he would, uh, this would be the game that he went off. He did score a touchdown, but he only had 28 yards. So still waiting on that Josh Doxon breakout game, but it's coming. It's coming, people. So if you've got him, you know, stay true, stay true to him, keep starting him. He'll break out, I promise. So speaking of going up against that weak Giants secondary, we had Washington playing the worst team as far as points given up to the Giants. So, of course, I have Vernon Davis going, and so do probably right. at least 8% of people out there because he's absolute start. He's been giving you really consistent performances if they haven't been great, but they've been okay. You've picked him up off the wave wire. You're playing him. What happened to Vernon Davis? I didn't watch the game. Seriously. I have no idea. I mean, they just – they had him uh, – God, I saw a, stat, a, a tweet about this too. But he was targeted once. Just once. I, th- I don't I don't know what it was because it clearly wasn't. They had him in pass protection a few times, but he was out there. And I think they just, I just, for whatever reason, he wasn't part of their game plan. And I don't know why. Yeah, I saw the zero and immediately thought, ah, oh, crap, Jordan Reed's back. And I right. started Vernon Dave. No, nope, nope. No, this is this is classic. This is a classic team from Washington because there was that stretch, remember, where everyone was super hyped on their wide receivers, and you were like, "Yeah, Jamison Crowder is going to be great. Terrell Pryor is going to be great. Josh Doxon is going to be great." And then there was a stretch of like five to six games where Washington's offense just purely moved through their tight ends. It was just Vernon Davis, uh, Jordan Reed when he was healthy, and um, Paul, Niles Paul, who just like moved the offense, and Chris Thompson were the only people who moved the offense. Wide receivers did nothing, and then suddenly. Just when you're like, oh, yeah, Titans have a great matchup against the Giants. They're going to be huge. Suddenly, it's the wide receivers that take over. So fantasy football, baby. Sometimes it's fun. Other times, it's awful and soul-sucking. What are you going to do? Yeah. This is why we play, Um, I guess. This is this is why you play, I guess. So, uh, so that's there's your Thursday wrap up uh, for those who who missed out all the games. Uh, But what we're going to do now is we're going to. It is week thirteen. Well, right. Week 12. I think we're still week 12. 12. Yeah. We're still week 12. I'm crazy. It's week 12. And for a lot of people, that is very close. We're very close to approaching the fantasy playoffs. Uh, I think for most people, it starts, what, probably around week 14? Yeah, 13 or 14. I've got 14 in most of my leagues. So there you go. So in the next couple of weeks, you're going to have fantasy playoffs. So these final games are 
exceedingly important. You need to make sure you're making the right moves at every level uh, to make sure that you win your games, get into the playoffs, or like me, uh, try to try your best to route the ship before you play in the loser bracket and not have to do something stupid to uh, as punishment. It's quite a fall of great fall from grace I have in one of my leagues. Yeah, uh, public service announcement, guys. If you're near the bottom in your league, don't give up. Like don't keep give playing. Up. You owe it to the rest of the owners in your league to stay competitive. Keep going. And at the very least, I mean, and if if you're playing in a league that doesn't punish uh, the last person in the league, well, I mean, shame on you, poo poo. Like. Talk to your league manager and fix that. Uh, but you, if you do play in that league, you don't want you don't want to be punished. You gotta you gotta keep fighting. You gotta all it does all that matters is just don't lose that last game. Um, so I'm desperately making moves on the waiver wire, desperately trying to get the right starts and sits, desperately trying to make sure that I have a, a mildly decent record going in and I can make my way uh, and beat out the uh, the last seeded bracket so that I can uh, not have to do something stupid. So in that kind of train of thought, we are going to offer, we're going to do some start and sits for week uh, week 12. We're going to do some either ors. And I would say for this, because um, again, since the curtain is already off the piano, uh, uh, our, our preparation level for this podcast, uh, blah, 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 I would say three out of 10. I would put it as, Preparation level, just whatever is after G. So preparation, <laughs> whatever that is. Preparation, yeah. See, we, we've we've pre- prepared so well that we we know exactly the alphabet by heart. Nailed uh, it. So Clark, start us off. Give us uh, give us a who do you start uh, for week twelve? All right. So I like this as two flex spots in a PPR. We've got Jai, Devonte Booker, and Corey Davis. Th- these are the kind of flex questions I like. So uh, Devonte Booker is playing on a really crummy Broncos team. And I don't think he's that much more talented than CJ Anderson, who he's splitting carries with. So Devonte Booker is my sit here, even though yeah. Corey Davis also playing on a horrible team who I don't expect to score very much. I think he's very good compared to the other people on the roster. And I think JHI with the way the Eagles are scoring, you just put him in there and hope he falls into the end zone for you. Right. Wait, Corey Davis or Corey Coleman? Corey Davis. Oh, well, I messed that one up. Corey Davis from the Titans. Titans. Yeah. yeah. Well, you I would definitely. Corey Davis. I feel much better now. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely start Corey Davis. I think you bench. Yeah, Devontae Booker is definitely the, the person who you don't play in this scenario. Clearly. Yeah. Not to, Sometimes yeah. you accidentally get the question right. It's like, that's why multiple choice is okay. <laughs> you just stumble into the right answer. Um, yeah, because he, I, I agree with you. I think that well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think Corey Davis is also, I mean, ever since he's come back for the Titans, the targets have been there. They're definitely trying to get him the football and they're trying to get him uh, integrated into the offense. He's not had the best production level on those targets, but in the last two weeks, he's been targeted 17 times. Uh, he's only turned that into seven receptions. But nonetheless, like if he can start catching more balls and hanging on to them, the, the opportunity is there. And the best kind of tunity is opportunity. Yeah, I watched a lot of the Titans games because I, I kind of cover the AFC South. And there are clearly, like you said, plays drawn for him. Mariota makes his first and only read right. and has him in single coverage and throws it to him. So like you said, hasn't really paid that off yet, but he looks big and talented. And I think it's going to come. And I think you just keep playing him because going to get some points for you. And and I like Booker. You should definitely roster Devontae Booker if he's out there because C.J. Anderson doesn't have a great history of staying 
healthy. healthy and we're closing into that point in the playoffs where or approaching the playoffs where you're looking for that running back to come out of nowhere. But I think you said Booker this week. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Now, here's a, a start and sit quandary that I know you will appreciate, Clark. And I I'm probably will put down money that I can guess exactly who you're going to pick. But uh, Danny Woodhead or Marshawn Lynch? I think it's an interesting quandary because you have Marshawn Lynch, who's coming off of his one of his better games against the Patriots. Uh, and they are the Raiders are playing the Broncos, who do have a very stout of run defense. That's, that's no lie. No joke there, but the, and the Ravens are playing Houston. Um, I think it's an interesting question just because, yeah, because Marshawn Lynch, we've, we kind of know what we're going to get and we've seen flashes and you're kind of hoping that maybe he can build off of that. Danny Woodhead is coming back from injury and his first game back with the Ravens. We saw not a lot on the ground. We saw some through the air, but you're still looking to kind of see him get implemented into that offense. Uh, So Clark, Defend to me why you should be starting Danny Woodhead, since I assume that would be your pick. The reason you start Danny Woodhead is uh, Marshawn Lynch has been playing all year. The only game he's looked halfway decent has been against a New England team that has, I would say, righted the ship on defense, but it's still not a stout defense. Mm-hmm. He's not getting a lot of touches. When he gets touches, he doesn't look good. He's, I mean, I love Marshawn Lynch, but he looks old and he looks like he's done Danny Woodhead also old and playing for a bad team but Houston really struggles against uh, quick guys for lack of a fancier term Uh, that's why the Chiefs put up such a good fight against them that's why they always have really fast wide receivers kill them because their linebackers just can't stay in coverage with those guys and their safeties can't stay in coverage with those guys. So I think in his first game back, I like what I saw out of Woodhead. We saw a few targets. We saw a couple of rushes. And I think we just see the Ravens build on that. And even though I'm a Texans fan, what has to be one of the saddest Monday night football matchups on the slate. It's so true. I mean, it would have been great if if the injuries hadn't decimated uh, Houston and if the Ravens were just actually good. But the Ravens' defense is great. Um, it would have been a great storyline to have seen Deshaun Watson go up against this very talented Ravens' defense. But sadly, uh, we're not getting that. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think, like what you were saying, you kind of know what you're going to get with Marshawn Lynch. You're hoping that he's builds off of the last two weeks he's been better. Uh, granted, it's been a bet against pretty poor performance. Uh, Four opponents uh, goes against Miami and the Patriots, whose defense has righted the ship, but still not not the you know best in the NFL. Uh, he's so he's coming off of 14 carries, 57 yards, and two touchdowns against Miami, and 11 rushes, 11 carries, 67 yards against the Patriots. I think there's smiled hope that you know maybe he's starting to get put it together, but he's playing against the Denver Broncos, who have a very stout defense and have been really good against the run this year. So I. You know, I'm not so sure if if you would put him over Danny Woodhead, who maybe you're a little uncertain about exactly what you're going to get, but you know that you're going to get something because the Ravens are going to try to implement him into that offense and try to get him. Because I think, you know, he is going to help move this offense. He's going to help kind of get Flacco, uh, the ball out of Flacco's hands and allow them to maybe set up the big play for Mike Wallace or something downfield. Yeah, you know, they want to. I mean, it's a... Pick your poison here. With Marshawn Lynch, you hope he falls into the end zone. And with Danny Woodhead, you hope it's PPR and he gets you nine catches. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, let's hear another uh, another starter sit quandary for week 12. All right, so I've, I've got another one here that I like, and I feel like I know your answer, but 
Excellent. Who do you start? We've got Olsen or Dion Lewis. So I assume this means Greg Olsen is back. <laughs> yeah. So Greg Olsen is back. He's playing. Uh, that's a good question because Greg Olsen, I mean, people, it's easy to forget that Greg Olsen is huge in that offense is in the, in the Panthers offense. He, uh, he didn't have a great start to the season. He only mustered, what is it? 28 yards through two games. Um, and then he got injured, but he is by far and away Cam Newton's favorite target when he is healthy. Um, and he's been a huge focal point of that Panthers offense for a long time now, and especially around the red zone. So I think he is someone who's really tough to not start. However, uh, similar to the D, to the Danny Woodhead scenario, he's coming back from injury. He was on IR with a fractured foot uh, bone in his foot. So you're hoping he's fully healed from that. You haven't seen him play with this Panthers offense yet. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. Meanwhile, Dion, Dion Lewis, you know what you're going to get because Dion Lewis has been um, the workhorse in the Patriots backfield, which is something uh, that's relatively surprising and not often something you can truly say about a Patriots backfield since Belichick hates your fantasy football team and loves to just bounce around through running backs at random. But you got to love what Woodhead has been doing through the last since week six. He's averaged, he's had at least 10 carries. Um, and at the lowest, 44 yards was the lowest he put up through the last, uh, whatever, 10, six weeks. Um, so you're loving that. And he gets you touchdowns either through the air or through the ground. He's been very productive on that. And so I think, they, I think you keep riding the hot hand of Deion Lewis. Yeah, I'm with you here. I, I don't like to start guys their first week back. And so sometimes you will miss out on that. But I think more often than not, you'll see what we saw out of Danny Woodhead last week. People kind of getting back in the groove of things, people taking it slow. And then after that first game, they either, you know, hurt themselves and we never see them again or they're back and then they are actually worked into the offense. So I love your point. Uh, Greg Olson's very good. He's kind of Jason Witten too. Uh, underrated um, but every time you pick him as the sixth tight end in your league uh, you feel like you've made a good decision the only reason I go with Deion Lewis is I just feel like Lewis is going to have more opportunities to score he is the number one back even though that means something different in New England Um, Mm -hmm. it's not a feature back 30 touches kind of role but it is a an offense that scores at least four touchdowns a week so I'll go with Lewis here and uh, can't you get Greg Olson in as your tight end? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what tight end are you starting over over Greg Olson if you're looking for him trying to fit into the flex? Um, for what it's worth, they're playing a Miami, the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots are playing the Miami Dolphins this week. So uh, it should be a pretty productive game for Deion Lewis if, if he's given the yeah. amount of opportunity that he has been given so far. Go away from Sue and you'll be fine. <laughs> and you'll be fine. Um so my next one is not so much a who do you start, but rather a who do you sit. And this one rings a very close and true point in my heart because uh, I have both of these guys on my team and I rely on them to get me through the weeks. But sadly, I'm feeling a little uh, a little unsure about each one uh, going into this week. And they're on the on rival teams today this weekend. So always fun. Uh, Jordan Howard running back, obviously, for the Bears, going up against the Eagles and the best run defense in football. And Zach Ertz on the other side going up against the Bears, uh, who are third best in the league at limiting opposing touch uh, points to tight ends. Uh, so who do you – who would you sit? Or do you sit any of them? Do you sit all of them? What's your thought process there, Clark? 
I'll, I'll sit Ertz. Um, Chicago wants to run the ball. I mean, and even if they get behind, they run the ball. So Howard's had a couple of good games lately. Ertz has had a couple of bad games lately. I like to play into the streak. Uh, it doesn't always work out, but I know that Chicago, they can't light it up with other positions, even though Tariq Cohen is kind of coming back to life. Uh, Philadelphia can win easily with Ertz doing absolutely nothing. So it doesn't mean that's how it's going to turn out. But I like the safer play. And in general, when there's a starter sitting, I think it's close. I'll just always take the running back because when it's pass interference right. in the end zone, that running back is probably the one. Yeah, I mean, unless it's the Saints. And then you know some tight end you've never heard of is getting the touchdown. Uh, <laughs> I'll lean towards the running back just because I would rather just get a safe seven out of my flex than shoot for 15 and get one and a half. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's crazy when you look at these two defenses, though, because the Eagles have only allowed three touchdowns this entire season to opposing running backs, two in week two against Kansas City and one against the Chargers in week four. Other than that, it is a pretty impressive outing that that they have had against opposing running backs. Uh, and then the same is true for Chicago against tight ends. They've only allowed two touchdowns. One was that huge play uh, to Austin Hooper week one against the uh, Falcons, and then the other one was against uh, Minnesota with Kyle Rudolph. So other, both teams have been, both defenses have been ex- exceptional at limiting the other person's uh, number, you know, limiting the other team's wide receiver, uh, tight end and, and running back. So I am, I have to start both of them. I mean, I can maybe bench, I can maybe, well, nope, I can't because I have Evan Ingram from as my backup tight end and I missed my opportunity to do that. Not being said, he didn't really. Uh, give me to give to too much against the Washington team. But anyways, but enough about my team. Uh, I would agree with you in just your thought process. I honestly, if you can, I really think you bench both of them. Uh, I know that's, I know it's hard to do that because especially for any team that has Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard was your probably, you know, your pick second or third pick. Um, and it's hard to like be putting that kind of uh, talent on the bench, but I really trust this Philadelphia defense. I think you're right. I think the Bears are going to look to establish the run and run the football, but I think Philly knows that. And so Philly's going to say, hey, we're going to stack the box and we're going to force Mitchell, don't call me Mitch Trubisky, uh, to beat us through the air. It's something that they have not done with. I mean, he has no one to throw to. So I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm very. Th- this is one of those where, Pete, you know, whatever you do will be wrong. Right, so exactly. tweet who you're going to start so that our listeners can know pick the other guy. Right, exactly. Whoever whoever I choose to start or bench, uh, the you know, Zach Ertz is gonna go for three touchdowns on my bench, and Jordan Howard's going to, you know, have 10 carries for eleven yards and a fumble on my on my starting lineup. So god dang it. You just it's know a negative point three. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna be perfect. Uh Clark, do you have a final start and sit quantity? Yeah, my last my last one is a <laughs> I like to pick a quarterback one every once in a while, and especially on two guys that you might have on your team and be debating is I've got Derek Carr or Tyrod Taylor this week. Ooh. And uh, I'm actually plucking these from Reddit. And I love the comments on this because it's split 50 50. Uh, and I feel like you just got to play Tyrod for complete narrative street of he's angry. And yes. so you play him. And I like, he's gonna I like come both back and- they're both good, so it's not like one is so much better than the other. But I just picked Tyrod because I'm living on Narrative Street, and I think he's going to have a good season if they just actually let him play. He gives you a little bit more with his legs. 
got to go Tyrod here. Yeah, 100% agree. He's going to, this is going to be his FU game to the Bills front office. Uh, and then he's just going to, he's going to lead the Bills to the playoffs and then flip the bird to the, <laughs> to the front office as he uh, purposely throws the game in the postseason. And just, uh, yeah, what was it? Was it Joe Flacco that decided not to sign a not so great contract and then won the Super Bowl? And right. now he's like number three still. Um, high, yeah, so I know that Buffalo is not going to do that with Tyrod, but if Tyrod gets the Bills past to the, the play- first, just to the playoffs, but even past right. the first round of the playoffs, like it's not a good look to lose no, that guy. No, you can't then you can't then let that guy walk out or not even walk out, but just like. You have to then be fully committed. And the issue is, is the Bills, and we're, we're getting into one of my favorite rants of all time, one of my favorite topics to rant about. The issue is the Bills will inevitably at the beginning of the year be like, oh, Tyrod Taylor is our guy, if they have him around. He's our guy. He's our starting quarterback. And, you know, five weeks into it, he'll throw one interception. And they'll be like, oh, my God, Nate Peterman, come on in. And you're like, come on. Are you serious right now? Just like Nate Peterman is clearly nowhere near at Tyrod Taylor's level. So, I just want Tyrod to be ready to himself at Buffalo and, and go to a team that will actually appreciate him. But in that in this quandary, clearly Tyrod is the start, especially since Derek Carr. We haven't seen much from him, but he's also facing uh, Denver's secondary, which is good. Uh, they do give up touchdowns, and so that is something that you can kind of hopefully rest your hat on. Uh, but I would I would definitely go Tyrod over Derek Carr. Yeah, and I think when you have just to if you have Derek Carr and you're starting him, don't panic. I mean, right. when you have three or four good receiving options that's that gives Denver fits uh, because they have a strong secondary, but they're not incredibly deep like they used to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the quarterback situation a la Kirk cousins, a la Tyrod Taylor of we're going to do everything we can to show you that we do not like you and we do not trust you. We're going to gamble against you. And then the team loses and these yep. guys get paid. I love to see guys get paid because the NFL is, absolutely the worst league for taking care of its players i mean just watch the nba salaries like guys you've never heard of getting like 70 guaranteed for like three years so i I love to see guys get paid and tyrod i can't wait to see you get paid it's gonna be it's gonna be fun yeah tyrod and and captain kirk are about to get rich beyond their wildest dreams uh excellent well i don't my last one i don't have it's not so much a a quandary it's more of a uh, a very strong suggestion and that very strong suggestion is uh start literally everyone in the falcons offense we saw the falcons offense kind of click and kind of get back to that normal pass heavy uh rushing attack that scores a lot of points and gets you all the fantasy points against the seahawks and they're facing the uh, tampa bay buccaneers this week Uh, who have the worst defense in the NFL or one of the worst defenses in the NFL, especially they are awful at stopping the deep play, um, which is why I am all aboard by Julio Jones. I am ready for Julio to have a big game. That being said, I've said that in the past and it hasn't really uh, happened, but this time it is happening. 52%. So do we see Julio Jones accidentally score a touchdown this game? I hope so. Good Lord. I hope he catches it at the one yard line and like, while trying to not fall in, he just gets pushed, and he's like, "Oh no, not the end zone!" Um, Devin Coleman people- gets really upset. <laughs> Devin Coleman's like, "You son of a bitch!" I it would be curious to sit down with Julio and, and ask him why he is so touchdown adverse. I feel like there's got to be a reason behind it. So one of my favorite books. I'm a I'm an analyst in my real life job. So yeah, 
proving that you can do almost anything if you just are as charismatic as I am. Uh, It's this book called The Drunkard's Walk, How Randomness Rules Our Lives. And it's one of those things about how a lot of things are incredibly random and we try to find order Mm -hmm. and we'll build narrative into things that are just incredibly random and you know statisticians and analysts can show you you know like it is for certain that someone can have in an instance like this 1400 yards and then not get in the end zone like that outlier is going to happen if you run this scenario millions and millions of times but it's still baffling that someone could be so good and our minds just have a really hard time understanding that and it happens with julio jones i mean what is this two three years like I, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Totally baffled. If it, it flabbergasts me every time I look at it, because if you look at his stats, it's just they're amazing, and it's just touchdowns that always is the lackluster. He has one touchdown this season, and that was where he just ripped it out of the paws of Malcolm Butler against the Patriots. You would think that double digits would not be a uh, a rarity. You would think that he he and Jordy Nelson would be battling year in and year out for leader of touchdowns. Meanwhile, Jordy just like quietly puts up 12 every year when Aaron Rodgers is healthy. I mean, plenty of scoring to go around. He's not deficient in some area that would be important in the red zone. It's preposterous. Who who can ever explain the absurdity of football? Not us. Go Texans. Texans are going to win this Monday night because when the Texans play bad teams, they can win. So we're going to see perhaps (laughs) another repeat of what we saw last week with the Texans, two incredibly boring quarterbacks going at it. And uh, I'll be there Monday night, likely falling asleep before the second half, rooting for the Texans. So go Texans. Uh, nothing, nothing is going to excite me more than that. Um, beautiful. Well, just a quick little, a quick little episode for you guys today. Uh, we just wanted to kind of get it out and recap some Thanksgiving uh, games and quickly talk about Week Twelve because we know for many leagues it's a very important time. You want to make sure you get that victory and head into the playoffs with some success. So hopefully. We have uh, given you the advice that you come and seek and yearn for. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter for more advice whenever you want it uh, at RB1 Podcast. Make sure to follow uh, myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFLClark.com. Go to iTunes, subscribe, review, like, rate, all of those things. Uh, we want to make sure to know that you guys are there listening every single day, every single week. Tune it in. Um, Have a good week 12. I hope everyone had a fantastic and marvelous Thanksgiving. Uh, And we will be back at you Tuesday uh, to recap what hopefully is a successful week 12 for everyone. So, uh, as always, remember that we care about your fantasy football team until Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck out there, folks. Excellent. All right. Should we just knock this sucker out of the park? Yeah, I think so, man. This is one of those keys to podcasting is consistency. Uh, (laughs) So I guess I'm ready to get an episode out. (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, just kind of do it. Yeah, I'm down, man. Let's rock. Awesome.